0: You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio on Sirius XM, channel 142, HBCU. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard, we always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and host HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where we are talking about the week that was week nine of HBCU football, and we're previewing week 10 for division two. It's the last week of the season for the FCS. We're still trying to figure out what the playoffs looking like, celebration vote looking like. I got Ariel in the building, North Carolina ANT alum. It is the greatest homecoming on earth. It is homecoming week in the building. Are y'all, how are you doing today?
2: It is homecoming week. Very, very, very excited. Go Aggies, Aggie pride. It's a great time. Hopefully uh, we win this homecoming game. Um, you know, all, all hosts, we, we're really not there for the game, honestly. We're there for the tailgate. And I'm just finally happy. It's G-Ho, the greatest homecoming on earth's turn to show y'all how y'all really should turn up for homecoming. But that's neither here or there. It's neither here or there. We are going to go ahead and talk about these games because we all know once a t gets through this homecoming season, all rest homecomings
1: cannot compete. I love it. I love it. But I want to just say, I'm glad Eddie George isn't listening because he would have been mad at you. <laughs> He's just going for the tailgate. <laughs> he would have been upset at you, Ariel. So I'm glad Eddie George doesn't listen to this episode if you listen. All right. But let's go on and get into the football. So, Ariel, your game of the week was North Carolina Central versus South Carolina State. We've been talking about this matchup really since week one. Even though South Carolina State has struggled and they definitely struggled in this game, they lost 62 to 28. Davius Richard looked incredible. So, REO, what were your thoughts on this Thursday night primetime game?
2: Yes, one of the gaming of the weeks that I had been so adamant about that everybody must watch because we all know the history of North Carolina Central going against South Carolina State. North Carolina Central looks absolutely undefeatable going into the first quarter, only scoring 14 points to South Carolina zero. But then South Carolina started turn up a little bit. Ultimately, they won 62 to 28, just like you said. And it was kind of weird because in this game, we're used to Davies Richard really using his legs. He did, he had two rushing touchdowns. Well, ultimately the backfield, this was really going on. And it's interesting to me that we don't see Collier anywhere in these stats. When you think about Davies Richard's period, and we, we talk about this, it's not like he isn't a dual threat, but we know that he has a preference. And most of his preferences to hand it off to running his running backs or to rush it in himself. So now we're seeing that Davies Richards isn't only just a rushing quarterback. This man can use his arm strength. So now you're looking at a team 3-0 in the conference. I'm sorry, but Buddy Pugh, this looking at how they play Howard next week, looking at it maybe another easy game for North Carolina Central. They're just rolling on through and we can kind of count out that South Carolina State is probably not going to be fighting for the Celebration Bowl as much as we would love it, as much as we would love Buddy Pugh to have a fantastic season. But when you're playing against a quarterback that was 18 out of 27, 352 yards, five touchdowns, he had one interception, of course, which led to a South Carolina State touchdown, but nothing compared to what he was doing on the field. This game was absolutely amazing just to see North Carolina Central bring another side that we're not used to seeing, mostly in the air game, attacking right out the gate, forcing fumbles. This defense was formidable. There was nothing that South Carolina could do that could block or slow down the momentum on North Carolina Central. And even though it was a blowout game, it was just amazing to see the talent that was displayed upon that night. And I, listen, my homecoming is this week, but I'm a fan. I am. I am a fan of North Carolina Central. I am a fan of their quarterback and what they're doing. And I cannot wait for November 11th, which you unfortunately already claim will be your game of the week. I cannot wait for them to play Howard because I want to see if this team that is now taken to the air. Like I said, guys, you have to remember Central is a ground game team. If they can stick to the ground, if they can run it, if they can rush it, that's what they're going to do. But if davius Richards put his arm strength to the test, and he keeps up with this passing game. They are going back to back champions. They're going to run right through Howard. And I can't wait to see how this is going to look next week.
1: First and foremost, very adept breakdown. I love it. Second, I I forgot I picked that game of the week. I totally forgot that, but I will take it. Yes, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that Howard-North Carolina Central game opens an amazing game. Uh, what's so interesting about the storyline around North Carolina Central versus South Carolina State is Buddy Pugh was trying to go for his 150th victory in his coaching career, and they lost like this on national television, on ESPNU, that's very unbefitting of a legendary coach to have him go out like that. I mean, we knew most likely North Carolina Central is red hot and they were going to win this game, but you just sort of wish they had a little bit more effort behind the contest and the competition because Buddy Pugh deserves that for all he's done for HBC football, for all he's done for South Carolina State, for the young men he's put in the NFL. You just want more. We you look at North Carolina Central, they scored 62 points. The last time they scored over 60 points was against St. Augustine's University, 65 to 7 in 2016. We got to talk about Davius Richard, like you talked about, Ariel. Five passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He didn't have an insane rushing yardage, but at the same time, I think this was the game where he gets drafted, Ariel. If he doesn't get drafted, something's wrong, period. Because what more can Davius Richards show you at this point? He's thrown five passing touchdowns. He didn't play all that much against UCLA because he ended up getting injured. Then he sat out in that next week. But at the same time, he's beating non-HBCU opponents. He beat Elon. He had an amazing game against Elon. He's beating folks in his conference. He played against Shador Sanders and went Tiff for tat with Shador Sanders and won. He threw a pass right on Travis Hunter. He has the body of work Ariel, to be drafted. And I know that's months down the line. That's something that we're going to really talk about in the offseason. But from what I'm seeing, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and I know that our parents, Ariel, like the folks that are grandparents, the folks that was in school in the 90s, oh my gosh, they're going to be so upset at me. But Ariel, this is Steve McNair. Oh my God, this is Steve McNair, Ariel. Like we're seeing a little portion, not, not the whole portion, but a little portion, at the very least, Steve McNair's production. Because remember, I, I talked to you about how, against Howard, he had all those rushing touchdowns, all those passing touchdowns, and then Howard won because Jay Walker willed him to get that field goal back in 1993 when Howard went undefeated. And I said, this sounds like a Davies Richter stat. This is why. Who else do you know is doing this? This guy needs to be the first HBCU quarterback drafted since 2006, and I feel like we're not talking about it enough. Like somebody, the Panthers maybe put him behind Bryce Young. The Falcons needed, tell you that much. Like some somebody needs to pick up Davious Richard, Ariel.
2: You know what? And th- thinking about what happened this past Sunday with the Falcons, I personally think a quarterback pick is in the works. And we all know for the most part that most HPCU players are picked to the fifth or sixth round, maybe in the seventh round. But I think if they had the chance, if Davies Richard wanted to come out of this season, his senior season, and decide to go in as a quarterback, this would be an absolute great pick for him. But to wrap it up, just an incredible game, an incredible performance, not just it being a block performance, but to the the display of talent that was put on for North Carolina Central and South Carolina State, of course, Their quarterback had two 60-yard plays. Towards the end, they really put up a fight. 28 points against North Carolina Central team. When we think about these games and what South Carolina State did come to do, it wasn't like they weren't playing the game. But when you look at this Central defense and you're looking at their offense and how better they get each year, this is something that, you know, it's it's inevitable.
1: Let's talk about Tennessee State versus Lindenwood. Ario, not too much to talk about here. Tennessee State, Eddie George, handled business. Tennessee state won 43 to 20 and R E L. got some great news to report to you and the HBCU Pulse radio audience. They've secured their first winning season since 2017. So Eddie George has brought them a winning season. He's making it happen. So hats off to Tennessee state for real. I think that is amazing. And Eddie George has really turned around that program. And I think that they're going to be really special as he continues to build upon the success That this season, but the Tigers dominated in every phase of the game, and they really proved they have a winner in Nashville. All right, they took advantage of Lindenwood's weakened secondary, like I talked about in the keys to the game on last week. Draylen Ellis showed me a game that I honestly this year didn't know he had. He threw for two hundred and thirty-six yards and one touchdown on 9 of 14 passing. He exceeded his season high of 80 passing yards that he put up against UT Martin in their 20-10 to 10 loss. So that tells me that Draylon is really, he's, he's chilling. He's just being the game manager. And if he needs to put up yardage, if he needs to pass the ball, he can do that because UT Martin, that's a tough team. That's a ranked team. That's probably going to be your champion in the OVC Big South. Now, Tennessee State's rushing attack, it led the way for the offense. They finished the game with 168 yards on 40 carries, and Jordan Gant did his thing. He finished the game with 64 yards and two touchdowns on 18 carries. We know that Tennessee State is is a team that is molded after his coach, Eddie George, legendary running back, Heisman Trophy winner. He's the leading rusher in Tennessee Titans history. So listen, that's how Eddie George played. So his team definitely plays like it as well. But the defense, REO, that defense is something else. Terrell Allen talked about him last week. He had a big game like we expected. He sacked the committee, because it was three quarterbacks, Ario, the committee of lending with quarterbacks 4.5 times, 4.5, causing to lose 26 yards. And as a team, Tennessee State had seven sacks. And Lyndon Whip played Tyler Cabot. He got sacked three times. Carter Davis got sacked two times. Cooper Justice sacked two times. REO, this team can make the FCS playoffs They're not going to make it as the OVC Big South champion because UT Martin did beat them. And I honestly think most likely UT Martin is going to win out. There's still a chance. If they continue, they win out their games, they can have, have a chance to be the Big South OVC champion. But there's no reason why Tennessee State, should not get an at-large bid into the FCS playoffs. Now, Aria, I really don't know because the FCS playoffs, as we know, your North Carolina A&T Aggie and AT last year they probably should got an at-large bid. We know they lost to Gardner Webb, but AT probably should got an at-large bid last year. So we know if the playoffs, division two, FCS. It gets real tricky because they select all these different teams. They talk about screen through schedule and all this different stuff. But there is no reason why if Eddie Jordan, Tennessee state, if they win out or if they lose to Eastern Illinois, there's no reason why they should not make the FCS playoffs. Sorry, yo, but overall, I'm very happy for Tennessee state and spoiler alert. Y'all in my game of the week, next week, Tennessee state versus Charleston Southern, because we got to show Tennessee state and a George some love.
2: The fact that they were able to stall them into seven to forty going into the third quarter is absolutely mind-boggling. Like you, you never would have thought this. When we were looking at the Tennessee State just a year ago with Eddie George losing most of their games, not finding the motivation, offensive line looked completely sloppy, interceptions everywhere. Not just just not having a group of guys or having a group of guys that were trained enough to be capable to win this year. And now you look at them. They're 6-2. This is a complete turnaround for Tennessee State and Eddie George, who still wants the crowd to be there for the games. But now we have something to look forward to.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So we're super proud of Tennessee State and all the amazing things that they're doing. And we're rooting for them to really be that HBCU that makes it to the FCS playoffs. There's been a huge conversation about that. We're not going to talk about that today, but we're going to talk about it because a lot of folks are talking about Celebration Bowl versus FCS playoffs. Not today, though. I got I got something for that. Probably, you know, in a few weeks.
0: Don't, don't go anywhere. No rhyme, right? Yeah, you know right. HBCU Pulse Radio will be right back after this commercial break.
1: This episode is sponsored by the Syracuse University School of Education. A pioneer in inclusive education, Syracuse offers scholarships for graduate programs in teacher preparation, counseling, higher education, educational leadership, instructional design, and more. Syracuse's equity-driven community leads in inclusive and anti-racist research and practice, as well as experimental learning and the integration of digital technologies. Advance the future of learning and your career. Visit soe.syr.edu slash pulse to learn more. That's S O E S Y R E D U slash pulse.
0: HBCUs are more than a trend. Yeah. yeah. We're forever a part of the culture. HBCU Pulse always has you on lock. From the shade room to your favorite news feed. And now on your TV and radio. We are, 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 are the number one. HBCU culture. Follow HBCU Pulse on social media and visit HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Welcome Welcome back. back. In, in, In four, three, two, one. To HBCU Pulse Radio. The heart of HBCU culture.
1: But anyway, Let's talk about the headlines of the week. So, Ariel, we got to talk about North Carolina A&T, because this is the greatest song coming on earth, right? North Carolina A&T, largest HBCU in history, 13,000 students. Y'all making it happen. But what is going on at North Carolina A&T? We got to rattle off the accomplishments. We got to keep going. Seven black college national titles, four celebration Bowl victories, went undefeated in 2017. Y'all have employed legendary coaches such as Bill Hayes and Rod Broadway. And Sam Washington was real good, too. And we can't forget, we got to say it again, North Carolina A&T, the largest HBCU in history, 13,000 students making it happen. Pretty soon, North Carolina A&T, I, I can see the vision. is going to be a research one R1 institution Doing amazing things. North Carolina AT is our University of Georgia, but it's not looking like they're on the football field tomorrow yeah? because the Aggies are one and seven this year and they're going into homecoming playing Towson. And Towson, I don't know. Norfolk, they play well against them, but well, is AT going to play well against Towson? North Carolina AT is only averaging 13 points per game, giving up 29 points per game. Ario, the most egregious thing about North Carolina AT that I don't like to see is they only throw for 71 yards per game in 2023, Ario, not 1923, not 1993. In 2023, 71 passing yards a game, only 570 passing yards on the season, and two passing touchdowns. Ariel, not even you get into the end zone, you throw a short passing touchdown. That's not even there. They only have two passing touchdowns. Listen, I am not a North Carolina ANT alumnus, but I will say I got a lot of North Carolina ANT folks on the team, y'all being one of them. All right. So I, I'm North Carolina Ante adjacent at this point. But I admire what North Carolina ANT has done in their football lineage, Ariel. And as someone that wants to see North Carolina Antie be great and continue to be great, especially in this new conference in the CAA, I'm disappointed. This is unacceptable. And I know as an alum, you were sounding the alarm about it earlier in the season. And I was like, Ariel, give us some time. Because I cause I, I like to be the Rational fan. Give us some time. But you were right all along. You knew it, Ariel. So it is the greatest homecoming on earth. ANT is not doing what they need to do on a football field. Ariel, how you feeling?
2: Well, the only bright side to this that I can see in my years of going to A&T and then even the year after I, well, two years after I graduated seeing this, I haven't seen A&T lose a homecoming game. For four years I've been, I didn't see it the year that I didn't go. I didn't see it. the year that I did go. I didn't see it. I'm not going this year, but I still have hope that this Townsend game will be the second win of the season for North Carolina A&T. That's the only good thing that I can possibly come up with. I think. Want to say that, Randall, you hit this on the nail maybe two weeks ago, that it is growing pains being in a new conference. I mean, the Big South wasn't really our greatest debut. I mean, coming into our first year, we had a losing season coming into our second year, which is our last year, almost made the playoffs until... We couldn't beat Garner Webb. So it's one of those things of, okay, I, I feel like we moved too fast. I feel like there were some things that we left unfinished in the Big South. Explicitly, when it comes to finding a quarterback that could lead our team or that can create the kinds of holds and the kinds of scoring drives that we needed, I feel like AT has been lacking a really good dynamic quarterback that is willing to do it all or willing to be the leader of the team and this is not to put down the QB that we have now I believe that he is trying all that he can with the new things that a t has to adjust to but this is just not his season I think this is one of the worst seasons that we had for a quarterback going into the CAA and Vincent Brown who is the newest coach, who has actually been in the CAA before, who knows what we're going against, who knows teams that we are playing, is not a bad coach. Like I said, that this is growing pains. You have to see what kind of offense you have. You have to see the coaches that you're surrounding. You have to see how these teams are playing this year. And when you look at the schedule that North Carolina A&T has been playing, UAB, Central in the least, Elon, Villanova, Delaware, Richmond, Hampton. all these teams have been in the CAA for a minute and have been able to find their groundwork and they've been playing with each other, they kind of know each other in a sense. A&T are the new guys on the street, but even being the new guys on the street in the Big South, our season wasn't as tragic as it is in the CAA. And a lot of people can say, well, maybe AT wasn't ready for this. Maybe they don't have the recruitment status that they need. Maybe they don't have the coaches they need. Maybe they don't have the equipment in the field and the expertise that they need. And to a certain extent, I can say that it's true. I can definitely say we don't have the team that we need. There are certain things, especially defensively, that I feel like that we do not have. I feel like we do not have a good corner. I feel like we do not have great rushers. I feel like we definitely don't have an offensive line. I would love to have changed my center. I believe our tight ends should be in use. Most of our receivers are dropping balls. And it's it's kind of ironic to me that we go back to the glory years of a and and the MEAC, how they became, who they were, how they left. We're talking about teams that didn't have the coaches that we did or the facilities or how big a was. So a had one of those greater advantages over them, but you can't be great where you are because you're gonna be stuck. If we would've stayed there, wouldn't be stuck. And I feel like we would've never pushed the ceiling on our capacity. And the Big South was a big jump and it was an adjustment period for a second. But now I feel like we're trying to move too fast at the school is trying to move fast. Now we're trying to get a new chancellor. Shout out to Chancellor Martin. I absolutely love you. I'm going to miss you. And it was great being under your leadership while you were there. And I hope the best and whoever is next will continue on. His success and his legacy because it was absolutely amazing. And then you look at all the buildings that are being hit, all the donors that are coming, everything that AT and the attention is getting. I feel like the football team was trying to move with that and necessarily they weren't ready. And I don't blame Coach Brown. I don't blame him for this because he's the one that knew what we were getting into, that knew most of our competition, that knew that wherever AT was headed, there was going to have to be some changes coming to the end of the season. So, yes, this season sucks, and I hate that I am not seeing the team that I went Four years with, but at the same time, I feel like this is just something that AT has to go through. This is another big South first year where maybe we have to have a losing or not as great season to get back into what we recognize, what we love, which is AT renting and collecting those rings.
1: So, Ariel, let's talk about our games of the week. So, Ariel, you want to get into the SWAC this week because the SWAC is looking really interesting in the West. So, who you got?
2: You know, I, I never thought I would say this. I'm a MIAC girl at heart. But yes, I'm in the Swag where I never thought I would be. Southern versus Alcorn. I have a very deep interest in both of these teams. Only because when we looked at it, Alcorn coming out of the first season after the pandemic in 2021. was one of the first teams that we were looking at when they were playing in the Miag versus Swag challenge. I love just watching them play. And Southern has been breaking hearts left to right. But the most interesting thing to me about this matchup, because this matchup will probably determine who is going to take that top spot in the SWAC West. Alcourt State already stands there above Southern. Just a game difference. They're both four and one in the conference. The only thing, and they're both five and three when it comes to overall games. The only thing is Southern has lost one more game than Alcourt State. So I think this is going to be a battle of the first, but also a battle of who has the better offense when I'm talking about these quarterbacks can throw it and score in the red zone. I believe it's going to be a high scoring game. I personally believe that my pick for this game is going to be Southern. Southern knows how to turn on those jets. Southern knows how to find your weaknesses. And Alcorn has been struggling a little bit in these last couple games. Not saying that they haven't been winning, but just, you know, tiny, simple things about interceptions and getting those third down conversions. Southern University knows how to capitalize off of that, and I think it's one of those things that they're better at than Alcorn. I think they're also better at moving the ball than Alcorn. So this is going to be one of those games that is going to come down to the wire. It's going to be super, super close, whether we get into overtime or it's going to be a difference in touchdowns. I don't think a lot of field goals are going to be kicked during this game. When they score, they score. They go tick for tack. This is probably one of the more exciting games. You think about the MIAC and what's going on there. All these are easy breezy games until we get to November 11 but Southern Alcorn is the game to watch.
1: So let's talk about my game of the week. So my game of the week is Tennessee state versus Charleston Southern. I gotta do it again because Tennessee state, they deserve the attention. They deserve the spotlight. And I believe that Tennessee state can really finish the season strong. They already beat Lindenwood. So next up they're playing former Albany state head coach, Gabe Gardinia and Charleston Southern. And I think that they are ripe to beat Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern's only averaging 14 points per game, giving up 31 points per game. And here's the thing that's really sort of interesting. They're only averaging 100 yards rushing per game on 260 attempts this year. So they're not really doing a great job to establish the run. And you would think, oh, well, they're not running the ball all that much. So it's a heavy passing attack. It's not. They only have 133 passing yards a game, but on the flip side, they're giving up 251 passing yards a game to their opponents. So you saw Draylon Ellis, Draylon Ellis threw for over 200 yards. It was his highest passing yardage this season since the UT Martin game. So I think that Draylon Ellis has to duplicate their effort against Charleston Southern. They have to really take advantage of the fact that Charleston Southern secondary is giving up all the yardage. And I think the defense has to make sure they step up, stifle the run, make where they have zero rushing yards at this point, because they got the guys, they have the defensive line. So just stop them from trying to run the ball. They're not going to be able to establish the offense. And then you win this game, you go on, you play a tough East Illinois team. Then you play Tennessee tech, which should be a win. When you step off the bus against Tennessee tech FCS playoffs, like I said, we don't know. Because we know the FCS playoff committee, they pick whoever they want to. Sam, you should have made it. I think that North Carolina A&T, even though they lost to the Gardner Webb in Big South Championship, I think North Carolina A&T should have made it last year. So listen, they pick whoever they want to pick. But I think it's going to be weird if they don't pick Eddie George, Tennessee State. But don't, don't make it easy for them not to pick Tennessee State, Tennessee State. I need Eddie George, Tennessee State, Draylen Ellis, Terrell Allen, the crew, I need y'all to go out there and win. So y'all have it in y'all's own hands. And the LCS committee got to be like, you know what? Let's put Eddie George in there. Let, let's put Tennessee State in there. But they got to win this game. Do not let Gabe Gardenia, who did really well in his money game situation against Clemson, started off red hot against Clemson do not let him do that to you coach Gabe know how to win he's doing it at Albany State he knows how to win Eddie George make it happen so I'm picking Tennessee State to win this game and I think they continue to roll on and then based on this game Ariel I might pick Tennessee State versus Eastern Illinois as my game of the week next week so I think that's gonna be a really good one
2: you just on the Tennessee State train. I love it. I I, I do agree with you, though. Tennessee State is going to win this game versus Charleston Southern. I just like, like we were going back earlier in the show, I don't see a loss for them this season. This is literally a resume, a handed recommendation letter of let me play in these playoffs, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Ariel, where can we find
1: you on social media?
2: You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore dot Ari or put me in the hot seat on Twitter at greery underscore underscore or follow me on my website at com.